All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. It's episode 15, and as you guys can read by the title today, we are going to be previewing tomorrow's big, big match against Toronto FC. It's CCL Fever, and we got plenty, plenty to discuss. But before I get ahead of myself, let me welcome my co-host, as always, Mr. Dylan Jimenez. Dylan, how are we? Oh, man, we're doing good. Uh, We've got our intro music today. Oh, yeah, intro music and everything. Um, well, you won't hear it on the, on the live show, of course, but you will definitely be hearing it on the podcast and, um, we got plenty and plenty to talk about Dylan. Are you ready? Cause I know it's, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty hot over here. It's pretty cold over there, but I think we're, we're both going to be bringing the heat on this Toronto game. Yeah, I'm ready, man. Let's just bring it. <clears throat> Alrighty, I'm 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 excited. I'm ready. Of course, tomorrow will be the big day. Tomorrow will be Judgment Day. Will our boys be able to pull it off? We'll be hopeful that they do, but we'll guide you guys through everything. But before we get into that topic, I think it's fair to say that we start off with the game that happened last weekend. Nekaxa. You ready? Yeah, let's do this. All right, so let's talk Nekaxa. So last week uh we, we had said that we had hoped and we previewed that uh, against Nekaxa, it was going to be kind of a throwaway matchup. You know, you'd line up some of your 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 not so much starting eleven players. We, we expected a very young starting eleven. We expected a very you know youth side. You know, we didn't expect to see our starters at all hit the pitch. And I think everyone in the community would have agreed to that. I think everyone was expecting that. I think everyone really wanted to see. A- because, of course, everything needs to be put on the line for tomorrow's matchup against Toronto. And that is what we expected. So, come to come come Saturday. It's 7 o'clock. It will, you know, previous to that, like 6-something. You They release the lineup. And guess what? We line up all of our starters. So, let me go through the lineup real, real quickly. It was Aragustin Marchesin in goal. It was Paul Aguilar. On the right, on the left, it was Carlos Vargas as our fullbacks. In the center-back partnership, it was Bruno Valdez with uh, Emma Aguilera. And then on the right-hand side, you had Renato Ibarra. On the left-hand side, you had Cecilio Dominguez. In the midfield, you had Mateo Zuribe alongside Guido Rodriguez. Up top, you had the partnership of Ori Peralta with Henry Martin. Now, Dylan, when you see this lineup come up, what is your first initial reaction? You know, it it was interesting to really see how it was basically like probably what you would what you would have guessed um, from week one too as well. This is probably like our strongest lineup that we have right now available. Obviously, you no, know, we don't have Menez. Um, you know, we got some key players on the bench too as well. But like th- this is this is the squad that we we practically went into week one uh, when the season started too. So you know. Um, you look at it and you say, okay, this team's going to get the job done. And then you think to yourself too as well, well, a lot of these players aren't going to be rested when it comes game time Tuesday. And so, you know, it's a little worrisome what Bioho's thinking, what Bioho's doing too with this lineup. And it's a little nervousing too because, you know, how are we going to know these players are really playing 100% um, come Tuesday, you know? Because obviously, you know, we didn't really see it saturday too whenever we played in the goxa so it's, it's kind of worrisome to see how the team played which we'll probably get into a little bit too but it's worrisome to see how the team played whenever we're at our full strength like this um against the goxa and no telling how it's going to be whenever we play toronto tuesday i think it's fair to say that many of us once we saw that lineup through our phone against the wall because we wanted to see a very weaker side because we were okay with this matchup being in the throwaway matchup we were okay 
to lose this game against Nakaxa as long as you rested and fielded not your starting 11. I think if we would have seen a more of a bench, an America B side against Nakaxa, and we would have gotten a draw, we could or we would have lost, we would have all been okay with it. We would have said, okay, that was a tactic. That was what we had to do. We had to field our best players come Tuesday, so we have to rest them on Saturday. But that wasn't the case. And we risk not only injuries, but, you know, uh, fatigue for the players come uh, come come Tuesday. It, it's going to be very, very difficult for us to really know how much of an impact this is going to be if we don't. It, 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 for, uh, let me start all over. It's going to be difficult for us to realize how much of an impact this was before Tuesday because we really don't know what mindset these players are at and we'll talk a little bit about that when when, when we get to the Nakaxa game but it, it was worrisome to see all these starters start and then add on top of that like you said this is our strongest lineup we we feel that our strongest lineup against Nakaxa in a way match and you would have expected this team to do much better but they didn't end result is a 1-1 draw against Nakaxa and let's face it it wasn't good enough no, no, it definitely wasn't good enough. I mean, if, arguably, if you look at it, you know, you could probably different, different the the halves. You know, you could probably say our half is better than the second half. But you know, at the same time, you see the talent in these players. You see the you see this lineup, and you're thinking this team is going to go and get the job done and walk away with three points. But we didn't, and that's that's worrisome to see because you know. This is this is a team right now, and this is a team that needs to have the momentum going forward Tuesday against Toronto. And so what do you see? You don't see a very good game. You see a very game that is very downhill for the team. And you wonder to yourself, why is this team playing like that? Why is the team not playing to the full potential that we've seen this team play before? And, you know, it's not necessarily scary looking, but it's nervous, nerve wracking too, as well, because I mean, Toronto's the MLS champs. Toronto is by far the best team in MLS history that it is right now winning the a treble too as well as a team the past season and so you know all respect to Toronto too as well but at the same time um, Toronto's not better than America either um but still to see to see this team perform the way it did is very very nerve-wracking too as well to me yeah it's it's um it was very nerve-wracking, and, and let's, let's go into detail. Let's, let's let's discuss a little bit of what happened and what we saw on the pitch. You know, first half, I see all these players getting fielded. I'm thinking, okay, this either has to be a steamroll or a really good performance by America. And to be honest, none of that actually happened throughout the whole 90 minutes. Uh, to be honest, we fielded very, very little good passes, good movements. For the most part, it looked very, very sluggish. It looked like some of these players looked even tired. Uh, it looked like half of them weren't really on the mindset of the Nekaxa game, whether or not they were thinking about Toronto already, whether they were tired, regardless of what happened, they weren't a hundred percent there for the most time. For the most time, it looked like a kickball match in the first couple of uh, the first couple of 45 minutes. It, you know, everything was just kind of getting lobbed up. Um, it was a very isolated game by Henry Martin, you know, Oria Peralta doing what he's been doing, dropping off and trying to receive the ball a little bit deep. Um, I didn't see enough from a lot of players and I didn't see enough for this America side to really convince us that they're ready for Tuesday. Um, whether they were preserving energy, whether they were, you know, kind of, you know, already in that mindset for Toronto and kind of didn't really care about this Nakaxa game. 
still should have been a little bit more of a better performance. But I guess we're being lenient because we think, okay, they were saving their energy for they're saving their energy for Toronto. They're we're already thinking about Toronto, and this is fine. We get the point. Which ultimately, let's face it, you know, it's it's still something. Unfortunately, it's not three points, which I think we we definitely merited that. But you know, it it, it shows that maybe we weren't a hundred percent there. And 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 do you think that's a fair assessment to make? Yeah, I, I do. I really do think that too. And you know, just to kind of uh, read on some stats that I was looking at um, earlier too, I'm getting this off from uh, Sofa Score. Um, Nick Oxen had 52% of possession compared to America's 48 throughout the whole game. And Nick Oxen had 24 shots. Not saying that those are all on goal, but 24 shots compared to America's 14. And, and 13 of those shots were coming from inside the box and 11 of those outside the box. And a, a uh, Nagaxa 82% passing too compared to America 76% passing too as well. And you see those stats, and like you said, you know, we, you, you can't really, they can't really what seems like can string those passes together, which is really worrisome too as well. And so that's something that's got to be fixed between now and Toronto too as well. And just finding that rhythm and finding uh, what needs to be done to, to create the chances to more too as well. And to having those passes set and completed too. And I'm I'm glad you bring all that up because um we weren't efficient we weren't and, and and a lot of things were not good in that matchup against Nekaxa uh you know like we said the creativity wasn't there uh you know our passing efficiency was not there at all uh, like I said for the most part it looked like we were just lobbing the ball up hoping we were dividing the ball too much playing out the back which I really hate when we do that because it's it's just like giving the ball away you know and and when you have an opportunity to touch the ball move around kind of open up the space if you don't do so and all you do is you know try to lob it high and, and hope that one of your players can get to it then that's not really a good tactic at all so um it I didn't like that there too and then we we were just kind of all over the place everyone was kind of scattered no one really was cemented to their position I think I spoke about it too when we were covering the game um there was way too many spaces left. Way too many spaces left. I think uh, playing out the uh, playing out the back, Nick Axel were able to catch us on the breaks pretty easily, really, really easily, which is ridiculous. I think if this was if we were playing against Toronto FC, they would have had a field day out there because, of course, Jovinko and Altidore would have utilize that on much better than the way Nekaxa is. So that's a very worrisome thing going into tomorrow's matchup that I see is if we can't get our defending right against Nekaxa, then how can you say that we're going to get our defending right against Toronto? You know, it's, it's, I know sometimes it's like comparing apples with oranges in, in regards to teams and players, but you know, this is a very good, this was a very good training session if you wanted to put it that way. And we saw a lot of things go wrong for the team. You know, like I said, I think the main concern for me was the fact that we were giving up so much space to these Nakaxa players to run into. I think Paul Aguilar was, as always, very indisciplined in his positioning. Um, I think we weren't stepping in the right positions. Uh, I think Guido Rodriguez had another pretty shaky game, um, just kind of getting caught off, you know, wasn't really holding down the midfield the way he does, uh, you know. It, it, it looked like the movement was just, just wasn't there. And because of that, I think we got lucky that the Casa didn't score a couple either because, you know, I think I think they merited at times. Yeah, no, no, I can, I can agree to that, you know. Um, you know, obviously, to me, it seemed like Goriba was invisible too in that game. And I think Goriba had a very good game. I feel like he's been falling off 
for a while too. I mean, we've talked about that too a little bit too, but you know, to me, Oriba was almost non-existent on the field to me a little bit. Um, one player that did stand out to me, which, you know, not necessarily did have a good game, but it seemed that he has improved since his previous performance was actually Carlos Vargas. Um, you know, I seen you tweet a little bit too, Ivan, you know, um, it seems like Carlos Vargas is getting caught flat footed too. And, you know, I can agree to that, but yeah, yeah. And I can agree to that, but, um, I think, I think he has, I think this game really, really was kind of almost like a wake up call for him. Um, I did see him actually do pretty good, you know, compared to what we've recently seen. And so, I mean, I think not necessarily the players that needed to step up, stepped up, but there are some players too, that also, you know, digressed and progress too as well in this game that's true that's true and and yeah i'll agree with that he had a better game but not the best game and by far was not the best player on the pitch but he showed a little bit of improvement which is good which is good of course you know you want to focus mostly on the positive than the negative and if you want to look at it that way yeah he definitely was was an improvement from from what we were having so um just a just a whole bunch of things that kind of didn't seem right on that matchup so um you know, let's let's move on. Let's talk about let's talk about what happens in the goal and everything. And because I think what we were discussing about, we saw that throughout the whole ninety minutes. You know, there was little to no creativity at times. Um, I think maybe our best player going forward was Renate Barra, as always, and at times Cecilio Dominguez. But even when Cecilio Dominguez had an opportunity, it was either he did not receive the ball good. It was a very poor pass, whether it was from Mateo Uribe, whether it was from Guido, whether it was from, you know, Vargas, Renato. It, it doesn't matter. It, he usually had an opportunity to get loose on the wing, but the pass was just not there. Um, whenever he did get the ball, maybe he wasn't as creative as, as Renato. So, it, you know, th- there was moments of time where Cecilio maybe could have been better. But um, regardless of that, I think our best player forward was maybe Renato Ibarra, as always he has been. Um and it was a very frustrating matchup. It kind of reminded me a little bit about the Veracruz game. I, I kind of had, you know, little flashbacks of that too, where we weren't being creative. We weren't being, you know, resourceful with our with our movement of the ball. So it it, it, it loomed to to that game against Veracruz. Um, but you know, ultimately we in in those couple of minutes where we're before we get the goal, I think we're starting to move the ball a little bit more. We're 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 starting to be a little bit creative and we're starting to be a little bit more adventurous with our movement and, and with our decision making, which ultimately leads for Cecilio Dominguez to run inside the box and uh and, and get fouled and, and, and get the penalty call. And then um I don't know about you, but I did not celebrate when we got that penalty call. No, not not really. I mean just seeing how the team played, I mean, um, I, I think to me, regardless of the result, I, I'd want to see how the team played, how this how this lineup played out. Because, you know, like like we said, this is our strongest lineup at the moment. And this was the lineup that we went into week one pretty much, too. And so, you know, with, with the way the game was going, with the way the team was playing, you know, the goal didn't really – I didn't really I didn't really care for it, to be honest. Which, well, I mean, which is, which is I mean – I don't know, like, sad to see, I guess, because, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a goal. I mean, yeah, the team got the job, but, I mean, you don't want to see your team really struggle the way it was, too, either, as well. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we get the penalty call, and I, I didn't celebrate it. Uh, I was more worried, too. I was like, well, who's going to take the penalty? Um, mm-hmm. Because, of course, we, we haven't had our best track record, in, but um, Cecilio comes up, takes the penalty, scores a goal, uh, but, unfortunately, it looks like he pulled something. Um, hopefully, it's not a hammy. 
hopefully it was just maybe a little bit of a uh i don't know muscle fluid or whatever you want to call it um but it, it, it didn't look good and then as soon as he scored that goal and as soon as he 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 went like that i just kind of turned to myself and said wow this is exactly what we were afraid of this is exactly why mm-hmm. we didn't want to field our best players and you know quote unquote the worst thing that could have happened happened so now Cecilio Dominguez looks like he will probably miss tomorrow's matchup. It probably will be too soon for him to return. We'll talk a little bit about injuries, about who can we expect to come out and field against uh, Toronto. I've seen the Azteca uh, a little bit later on in the show. Um, but worst case scenario came on. Um, and Cecilio Dominguez gets injured. And then, of course, maybe the only bright side to this, if we want to call it a bright side, unfortunately, um, is Diego Linus gets to field some minutes out there, you know? And uh, and we were all pretty happy to see the kid out there, but I think under these contexts, uh, maybe we're a little bit sour because of the fact that Cecilio Dominguez got injured. So uh, Linus coming in, uh, what, what was your reaction when uh, when you see that Diego Linus is, is, is fielding on the pitch? Uh, it was good to see. You know, uh, this was the perfect time for Linus to go out there and show what he can do, you know, um, Obviously, you know, it's kind of hard for him to get the minutes, you know, because, uh, you know, you got Renato, you got Cecilio, you got Ibad Gwen, you know, uh, a couple other players, too, that can play on in the wings. You know, it was just good for him, you know, just to, just to see that he's there. He'll get the minutes if uh, if injury is occurred, and which, which has happened, too, as well. So, I mean, I mean it, it was good to see him get some type of playing time. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And we'll talk a little bit about Diego Linus because uh, – all of uh, all of America Twitter and a little bit of uh, Liga Mekis Twitter was kind of blowing up uh, that the fact that there was a very rare Diego Linus sighting that Saturday, um, which I, I think uh, I, th- I think we'll break down exactly how we think we did because there's a, there's a lot of people that you know praise him for having a pretty good game. There's also those people who maybe think he did not have a good game at all too, um, and and we'll we'll discuss about that a little bit. Uh, let's just wrap up the Nakaxa preview. So we can get into that. Uh, obviously, then, of course, uh, you think that, well, we got the goal. Now it's, all we have to do is manage this game. And I, even though we weren't showing the best game, I think we were confident enough that we could see out this game, you know. Um, and unfortunately, the team lets us down in that aspect. We get, uh, we can see the goal against Nekaxa, I believe it was from a corner kick, correct? I think so, mm-hmm. Yeah, so from a corner kick, uh, you know, uh, Emanuel Aguilera kind of steps to the ball a little bit too early, um, just kind of, you know, leaves the man unmarked. And, of course, the Nekaxa player does well. Manchester unable to do anything about it. It was a rocket of a shot. Um, so that was unfortunately, we conceded the goal. And I kind of was just like, well, all right, it happened. Like, I wasn't expecting for us to go out there and, and get another goal back, which we almost did in the last minute with Renato Ibarra's amazing free kick that hits the post. Um, but really, that was pretty much it. Uh, we The referee blows the whistle. We get the, you know, we get the draw. I think it was a very bittersweet taste. Uh, ultimately, I think all you wanted was, okay, you guys, you guys got the result. Just pack your bags and head, head back home and start worrying about uh, a Tuesday's, uh, Tuesday's opponent against Toronto. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the points, the points. Still, we're still sitting in third, you know, uh, which is um, which is good for, which is good too. In the end, too. I mean, we walk out with something better than nothing at this point. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, game ends one one, and um, 
I mean, you really didn't have a player that stood out to you that you were like, yeah, I mean, this guy deserves man of the match or, you know, it, it didn't fill you after those 90 minutes were over. You were not filled with confidence going up against Toronto this Tuesday because you're like, well, that was our best lineup. That was our best players. And they put on a performance like that. All you can really do is cross your fingers, pray, and hope that these players were just conserve, conserving their energy and their mindset was already in Toronto and kind of didn't really care about Nekaksa. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, one thing that I want to point out too is, you know, whenever Mateo Suriba came off too, I mean, you kind of see the midfield collapsed a little bit. I mean, it was about, what, the 80th minute when he came off? Yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, that those last 10 minutes, you know, that's when the team seems like it's just falling apart, and, you know, um, it just shows that how much Uribe is um, crucial to the midfield, you know. It's almost like if, no, if Uribe's not there, then there's no midfield, it feels like. Yeah, and that's the worrisome part as well, too, because we shouldn't really be relying on Mateo Uribe all the time to kind of fill those gaps. I would have felt that Joe Benny Corona could do the same role, not to the, not, you know, perfectly, but maybe fill in a little bit more of those zonal marking spots. Um, but unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Um, and then we saw the end result because of that. Uh, so if, if you want to look on the bright side, Orie Peralta came off a little bit early too. Mateo Soribe too. So they got a little bit more of a rest than the other players by a couple of minutes. Um, and of course, too, the only bright side, I think, was the fact that the, as soon as the game was over, uh, the the team you know flew out to Mexico City already, which you know meant that they were able to sleep at home once uh once once everything kind of just cleared up. Ultimately, there's not much positives we can take away from that game. Really, there's not you know that there's more negative than anything because of the lineup that we said they fielded. But we don't really want to focus on that as much. And maybe we'll be a little bit more optimistic. We want to be a little bit more positive because, of course, like I said, Judgment Day tomorrow. And uh, we're really going to need every single one of those players to step up, especially at home. With I'm pretty sure there's going to be a pretty good fan base out there. And hopefully the team can go out there and score right away, which is going to be very crucial. But we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, so, yeah, that pretty much is it for the Necaxa game. Ultimately, I think me and you both are just, like, meh about it. Uh, ultimately, we're worried more about Tuesday than exactly what happened on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm just there. I mean, you know, it's like like we said, you know, it's not what, what you want to see the team do, not how, not how the team performs, you know, especially with it being the best lineup. But, I mean, we got to stay positive, too, as well, going forward. Yeah, yeah, and we and we have to look up and, and and keep our heads up and and you know stay strong because of course, like I said, the biggest test is definitely going to be tomorrow. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Eagle before we jump into the big preview. That is going to be Toronto FC. Um, gets what about what about thirty what minutes? Thirty minutes? Yeah, it was about thirty minutes. Thirty minutes for the Alignus. Um. I, I'll give my I'll, I'll I'll give what what I saw and then maybe you can go on and and and, and jump and say what you saw about him. Um, it was a Diego Linus performance that for me was not good enough. Looked very very rust, rusty, very you know it, it it looked like he was, you know quote unquote like a rookie, like having his first game ever. Um, I didn't like the way he performed, but I'm also not one of those fans who are ready to chuck him and say no he, he doesn't deserve to be on the team I think we see this kind of performance a because he hasn't been playing in in top tier division because he's been playing with the sub-20 and to jump from sub-20 to the the first team there's a big gap in between 
So um, I think it's because of that. Um, I also think it was because, you know, maybe the conditions, you know, you're away at Aguas Calientes. It's, you know, it, it's it's not like you're playing at home where you're, you know, familiar with everything. And then B, I think it was just, you know, he, he was just thrown out there and maybe was a little bit too, I don't want to say hot-headed because he wasn't hot-headed, but maybe he was a little bit too um, preoccupied with trying to, you know, impress Miguel Herrera than to actually go out there and play his game. I think he was a little bit rushed in that sense, and he was aiming more on the side of, let me impress my manager so he can see that I belong in the starting 11. And instead of actually executing what maybe he should have done a little bit better. I don't know. What, what, what's your thoughts on Diego Linus? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Rusty. I mean, he hadn't played since that second leg against Tigres back in December. So, I mean, from December to, you know, this past year, it's a pretty long time. You know, yes. but it, I mean, that was that was the seventh two, and and the Tigres game I was looking on SofaScore was the seventh two, I think two. So that's what January, February, March, April. That's four months that he hasn't played top tier football. That's a lot of time. I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, like you said too, it's it's, it's so different from playing in the U20s than it is from playing top flight uh, with America. So, I mean, I mean, I guess, you know, it's what you expect too. I mean, it, I didn't really, I mean, like, I know I've seen what, what he can do. I've seen what, how he plays, you know, but I mean, do you really, really expect that after four months of not playing? I mean, I don't think you really should, especially since, you know, like I said, like we said, you know, he's um, had the U20, I mean, not the U20, yeah, was it U twenty? Yeah, U twenty went to Mexico. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I was thinking U seventeen, but yeah, he he went with them. Maybe what? No, it was the U seventeen. No, it was you. You the the U twenty. Was it okay? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm getting confused now. But anyways, you you get what I'm saying? Like you know, he wasn't even there a lot either in Apodura, and then you know, playing with the U twenties. I mean, it seems like the this whole season so far. I mean, sometimes he make that bench appearance, but you know, he wouldn't get subbed in. So I mean. Um, I guess you could say, you know, it's better than what I expected, but at the same time, you know, you know what he can do. So maybe if he gets another chance, maybe you'll see better too as well. I like, I like how you bring that point up that maybe we should, we should have expected, we should have expected exactly what we saw instead of what we were hoping for. Um, because I think a lot of us were expecting for Diego Linus to take the pitch and kind of just be this bright star as we remember him. And and not look so rusty, um, and maybe it was because of the matchup, the way things were going, Cecil Dominguez's injury, the fact that this team wasn't playing good, that you kind of had this frustration that you said, "Well, here's your chance, man. Why aren't you taking it to the, you know, you know, to the full?" Um, and I think I think we shouldn't blame Linus right away. I don't think we should blame him and say he had a bad game, he had a terrible game, blah 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 blah. I'm also don't I'm also not saying let's praise him because there's some people out there that are saying like he had an amazing 30 minutes, was one of the best players on the pitch, yada yada yada. No. Let's let's be level about it. let's be level mind minded about this situation. The kid went out there and tried to perform, did not execute his game plan the way it was intended to, but I'll give you this much. He had resilience and he never gave up. You know, he was chasing the ball. He was going at it. He was doing things right. His first touch wasn't there. You know, he wasn't moving the ball around exactly how you wanted it to. Whenever he was going up to challenge and uh, you kind of had this sense that he was going to lose the ball no matter what. But the kid has resilience. The kid has heart. And the kid, 
actually was doing something that a lot of players weren't. And that was trying to be creative. He really was. He was trying to be that creative. He was trying to be that spark in the team. And he saw that we were lacking that and really tried to be that. So that speaks to me a lot that a player coming off the bench can see, can analyze the game and can really focus and say, my team needs this. I need to be this for my team and go out there and try to be that player shows a lot of character about the, about, about the kid. You know, he, I think this is a good sign. It wasn't the best execution, but ultimately I think we should be content with Diego Linus content with it. He's going to get more of an opportunity come down the road. I know he's going to be a starter for us. If he continues the path that he's going with, I know that he's going to be a very crucial player for us. You know, he just needs to maybe not be so uh, apurado when it comes to going at, at, you know, getting, it looks like he's so rushed to get things going sometimes. And maybe that's a lack of, of, of experience too. But whenever you saw him receive the ball, it's like he was just jittery everywhere. He was just trying to run. He was trying to take on players. He was trying to do, he was trying to do 10 things at once when really just focus on receiving the ball and then do the easy part. Lift your head up. You see that you have an opportunity to run at the player. If you're going to beat him, take it. And if you're not, play the easy ball. It's that simple. And then once once you kind of get into that rhythm of the game, then maybe you can go out and venture and kind of do the dribbles, trying to, you know, kind of move around and everything. But I like the fact that he was trying to be that creative spark because I know the team was lacking it. And it, he looked pretty decent sometimes on the ball. So, I mean, ultimately, if, if, if I'm looking at it in that aspect, I'm content with his performance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean like, like I said, too, I mean, Four months. I mean, do you, do you really expect the kid to go out and, and bag an assist or a goal? I mean, like, I mean, shoot, like he was really, really close too. Yeah, I he mean, was, you, see that, you, you see that shot. I mean, you know, it's not a bad shot, you know. But still, I mean, like, it would have it would have been great. It would have been amazing to see him make that. But still, I mean, like you said, yeah, he, he had his sparks, he had his moments. But I mean, not the best, but not the worst either. I mean, it, it was average. I mean. And I think that's what you should probably expect after four months of not playing top tier football. Yeah, I think maybe that's how you should uh, pretty much analyze Diego's uh, Diego Lainez's performance. Not the best, but not the worst. And I think that pretty much sums it up exactly. So yeah, 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 I can agree, man. So I mean, that was Diego Lainez for you. Imagine if you would have scored that goal. I mean, we would all lose our heads. Many of us would have probably wanted him to start right away against Toronto. <laughs> I know. Um, maybe it was fate that decided that maybe he shouldn't score just yet. Um, but was unlucky. Was unlucky. Um, maybe probably could have had an assist if he was a little bit smarter in his decision making when he got in front of in front of goal. Um, but that's neither here. I think, I think he was pretty close to getting an assist too. I think yeah, I remember right. Yeah. So I mean, like. Um, like we said, you see, you see the sparks, but I mean, just not all there yet. He'll be there. American fans, let's be yeah. patient with him. I know we all want him out there on the pitch. We want him to be that super sub at the moment. Look, I get it. I'm frustrated as well as much as you guys are. There's some of us who maybe aren't calling for him as much as others, but let's be honest. You know, we're we're coming to the final third of the season, the most important part of the season where we need to have everyone 100% ready. And, you know, unfortunately, it's not going to be Diego Linus because he hasn't played for the majority of the season. So you can't really rely on this kid. Yes, chuck him when whenever we have an opportunity, but we can't always rely on, 
on him to maybe be like this kind of savior, especially in this final third of the season where, you know, you're going to need the most experienced players to come forth. So, I mean, pretty much uh, just hoping for the best. And I think to wrap up Diego Linus, hopefully we get to see him more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, man. I really hope we do. I saw a question and uh, someone put um, Leonel. Uh, Leon Sorry if I butchered your name, my man. I'm so sorry. Uh, asked, will Linus have minutes tomorrow? Do you think he maybe makes an appearance? I mean, it's going to have to be a comfortable lead if if uh, he is to have minutes. Um, I think I think there's a pretty good chance he makes the bench since we have no Cecilio, uh, no Menes too. Um, you know, so it's going it's to really have to be a comfortable lead for him to probably see some minutes, but... At the at the moment, we know with uh, going into the second leg is three one. Obviously, we need at least a two nil win to advance. So I mean, it's it's really slim at the moment. We just really have to see how the game goes tomorrow too. I think I think yeah, he he's he's, he's gonna get minutes. Whether we're winning comfortably or we need a goal, hey, if we need something. Chuck the kid out there. You know, he's uh, he's he, he, against a very against a tired. Toronto FC, I mean, I, I I would expect him to 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 probably make something. So um, let's let's talk Toronto FC. Let's talk Toronto FC. Let's preview everything about this. We're gonna talk lineups, prediction. Uh, we're talking about players that are missing. I know you mentioned Cecilio and Menes. Uh, we'll talk about their absence and what this means. Uh, we'll talk about maybe players that can come out and and you know replace uh, Cecilio Dominguez like Ibadwin. Um, everything really. We'll, we'll we'll get on that right now. And let's talk about that. But before we get into that, let me just say thank you to all you guys who have supported us and to make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. We are really, really close to that 200 follower mark. And as you guys know, after we reach 200 followers, 192, we're at 192. 192. We need eight more followers and we will be giving away. um, We'll be giving away a couple of stuff. So make sure you guys follow us because maybe you guys will be that lucky follower and uh where can you follow us on twitter dylan uh the eagle eye podcast so eagle that eye is, pod, i think is that yeah yeah eagle that eye pod. at eagle ipod all together make sure you guys do follow us there and if for whatever reason you guys miss a live show make sure you guys do follow us on soundcloud and have us saved on itunes because of course we're on those platforms and whenever you guys want to take us on the go we'll be there alongside so, with that out of the Look, way, guys, it's it's right here. It's right know. there. If it's right there, sorry for the people who are listening on the go, but the people who are in the live can see it. <laughs> so <laughs> can see it right there. All righty, without out the way, let's talk the biggest game so far of the season, and that's tomorrow's matchup against Toronto FC in the return leg at the Estadio Seca. It's CCL fever time. Let's talk everything about this matchup, Dylan. Are you, are you ready to dive into this? Yeah, man. Let's, let's get this going. Let's get this going. America will be facing against Toronto FC come tomorrow, 7 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Central time. And then for you folks down at the East Coast, that is 10 o'clock your time. So a pretty late matchup. And uh, it's going to be a pretty, pretty intense game. Um, and it's going to be a pretty intense day, too. So usually I tell you guys to line up and get your tacos for Pod Tuesday. We moved it to Monday. So if you guys still want to get your tacos, get them for tomorrow because I promise you it's going to be a good game. 
it's going to be a good game. I think we're going to see a very, very strong America side, a very, very, you know, energetic, willing, determined side go up against a very good Toronto FC match. Let's put it in context. Let's, 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 let's speak the truth. This Toronto FC team is good, but they are not better than us. Like I said, I think if you go man for man, talent for talent, I think we take it, you know? And yeah, people will be like, oh, but they got Giovinco, they got Josie Altador, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I think man for man, for what each player can do on that pitch, I think we're the better side. Do you agree? Yeah, I do agree. And, you know, you saw on Twitter too, even Tom, you know, everybody who follows Tom Marshall even said 100% uh, Blue America can advance. The Azteca behind will be behind them. The altitude will play its part, and there is some real edge between the teams. I mean, it's, it's going to be the biggest test yet for, for both teams, actually, you know, for Toronto and for America, too. Yeah. Shout out to Tom, who's always backing up the Liga Mekis sides. Um, he's just a, a, a great reporter that he is. Um, he said, like you said, the Azteca is going to be behind America. The altitude will play its part, and it's, you know, whether or not we use it to our advantage. Um but I think it's something that we need to talk about. Maybe this altitude thing. Can you sp- Can you tell me how Toronto FC did this weekend? Um, no, I'm, I really, I really haven't seen anything or nothing. I don't know if you got anything on that. And you want to know why? Because Toronto FC did not have a matchup this weekend because they had a bye week, which meant that they were able to arrive to Mexico earlier. Which means that they've been down at Pachuca, getting themselves accustomed to the altitude and getting themselves ready for this matchup against Tuesday. So now this kind of plays a factor in what we could possibly see come Tuesday. I mean, this is a Toronto FC match that will most likely be a little bit more adjust to it. Now I'm not saying that a couple of days is enough for you to be, get used to the altitude. No, it, obviously we've seen it with menace. It takes more than that. It takes at least a month, I would say at least. So it, it won't be necessarily easy, but they will have a little bit more of an iron lung come the first couple of minutes. Yeah, they've been this just like, what, Thursday, Friday? Yeah, yeah, it's Friday. Yeah, I, I, think, I think so. Yeah, they've been there for, for, for a while now. So, I mean, that, that's got to factor in, too. I mean, you know, that, that has to put that has to be on the on the back of some of these players mind. And, you know, but I think the fact that being a home game will definitely help us the way that, you know, Julian Zapata just wrote on the on the group chat. Um, shout out to you. It, it will help. I, I, you know, I, I think that the players will be a little bit more confident. They will be a little bit more accustomed to playing at home. You know, it's 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 going to be the perfect storm in the sense that every everything, all eyes will be on America. And these are the moments where we need to shine and prove to ourselves and to everyone else that the best team in Mexico is America, you know? So, I mean, tell me, what, what, what are you feeling? What, what, what are your, what are your nerves telling you? Well, how are you going into this matchup tomorrow, man? Um, I'm just going to prepare, man. I'm going to stay positive no matter what. I mean, obviously, you know, it's three, one, you know, like I said, we got to get at least a two nil win just to advance, you know, but I feel like we can get more than two nil, you know, I feel like we're going to go out and we're going to, like you said, show that we're the best team in, in Mexico, which we are, you know, we're the biggest and, and you know, it's, it's going to be a good game. That second is going to be behind them. Um, I'm pretty sure they know if people aren't going to make it to that second, they're going to have fans watching them on TV too. Um, I think that second might get packed. And so, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a good game. And 
Yeah, I, I expect a lot from the team too. Yeah, I, I expect the same as well. I expect the team to 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 back the fans to really go out there, showcase themselves, and really do really really do what they what they need to do, and that's overcome this Toronto FC side, squish them, and go on into the final. Now, this is not the first time that we've been in a tough situation like this before. It's not, and especially not the first time we've been like this against a CCL opponent. Let me take you back in, uh, a couple years back when we were facing against Eddie Viano, where we lost 3-0 the first leg, and then we had to come back to the Azteca, and we had to win by four goals or more to get through to the next round. And what did America do? They beat them by six goals. Beat them by six goals. And I remember that matchup. I remember the determination, the will, the the just the push to go out there and prove themselves because it, it was going to be an embarrassment. And this will be an embarrassment, too, if we cannot go through, regardless of what you want to say about Toronto FC, regardless of what you say that, you know, they have a very good track record, that they're like the Real Madrid of, of, of MLS, that, you know, they're they have X and X player and have done this and have done that. It doesn't matter to me. They are not to the level. They are not to our level. They have not. They 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 cannot stand there in our home stadium, and say that they are the better side because history will tell that the better team in this region is us, and we need to continue to be that team. So, I will definitely be you know positive, and and I'm, I'll try to channel as much as focus and energy to this matchup. It will be a very nervy. Day throughout the whole day for those of us who will be at work or school. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be everything on our mind. But let's, you know, we're going to have to take it, you know, a little by little until we get to that matchup. Let's talk a little bit about what we could probably see on the field. And then we'll probably talk tactics a little bit afterwards. But anything you want to add on before we talk about that? Um, yeah, you know, after I said about what Tom said, you know, he 100% America can advance. Yeah. You know, uh, a Toronto fan quote retweeted him and said, um, one, uh, Toronto has been at higher altitude than Estadio Azteca because I think Pachuca's training ground is 700, uh, mile, a little, 700 miles, I think, higher than Azteca. Yeah, and then he said, Bradley, Josie, also Vasquez have all played there. Uh, Bradley's go Lasso and Azteca whenever they played Mexico and World Cup qualifying. And not edge, but desperation. Can't play straight up, resort to dirty tricks. <laughs> and then Tom goes. I guess uh, I don't. I don't know. Everybody's saying Tom went full savage, and uh, Tom said apologies. It will be an easy game for Toronto and Azteca. America is poor, desperate, and dirty team. The altitude will play no part. MLS sides have always tended to do well in Mexico over the years. And that is that's full savage right there because that's defending <laughs> the Mexican team. Because how are you yeah. gonna go out there? Like I get it. The guy's making a good point. You know they're in the they're in Pachuca. But like I said, a couple of days is not gonna help you out, my man. As much as no. you wanna, as much as you wanna think that it is, it's not gonna help you exactly. Okay. Yeah, Josie's played there. Yeah, Bradley's played there and scored one goal out of how many times has he has he played in the Estadio Azteca, and he's only fielded a goal in in that sense only recently. You know. Vasquez played there with Cruz Azul, but I mean, guess what? Guy didn't even perform, was a shadow of what he was uh, in a Cruz Azul jersey. So, I mean, does is he really the best player leading you guys forward? But let me tell you this. You're telling me three of, three of your 18 players that will be on that pitch have played and have experience at the Azteca. What are you going to do with the other 15? You know, the other three can only tell them how they how it feels, can only tell them how to maybe preserve energy. 
it's going to be up to those players to experience it firsthand. Like I told you guys, Jovinko may be fast, maybe running, maybe have, maybe have played at the highest level, but put him out there to sprint 20, 30 minutes straight at the Estadio Azteca. I am telling you by halftime, the guy's going to be fatigued, going to feel like he's choking, going to feel like he's running out of breath. And we need to utilize that. We need to go out there and perform and not even worry about the opponent and what they can do because we need to be confident in ourselves that our best defense is going to be attacking. You know? So mm-hmm. I feel like this game is really going to finally be – it's going to showcase whether or not we deserve to have a title this season. And I think our boys will go out there and demonstrate that we that we do. Yeah, I mean, I mean – I mean, this is, I mean, you can't, can't, can you, I asked myself, you know, can you compare America to Tigres, you know, and say what Toronto did to Tigres? No, I mean, you can't. I mean, one, I mean, the two, two, two totally different sides. And two, you know, I, I mean, if you go back and you look at the America game against Tigres, you know, obviously, you know, like we talked about too, uh, America was obviously the better side. You know, we just didn't finish that game, too, as well. And so, you know, it's going to be a lot different from going into Volcan than it is going to be the Azteca. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about maybe Toronto, what we can expect from them. Our good friend uh, Carlos Serna says, how do you think Toronto is going to play? Do you think they will park the bus? And my answer to that is yes. Yes, I absolutely expect this Toronto FC to come full defense. As much as they want to talk about, look what we did to Trigues, look how we're going to attack you guys, blah, 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 blah. You guys are not going to do that. Your defense and your tactic is going to be, we're going to hold out, we're going to line five players at the back, we're going to we're gonna park the bus, and we're going to make sure we leave no spaces for America to attack in. And when they're going to use, they're going to resort to the usual. They're just going to let Josie and, and uh, Giovinco kind of run, them, run up top and do what they want to do. Is that going to work for them? Who knows? Hopefully not. Hopefully America knows how to break that side. They're going to go out there and they're going to do the Cholos tactic. They're going to sit back. They're not even going to do. They're going to play dirty. They're going to be the ones playing dirty. I can assure you that much. They're going to be the ones hitting our players. They're going to be the ones fouling. They're going to be the first ones to try to break up our play. And the best way to do that is to try to get under your skin. And by doing so, you need to get kicked. You need to, you you know, they're going to do everything. They're going to pull our shirts. They're going to be a little dirty. Why? Because that's what their tactic is going to be. They have to be that way. They were a little bit like that against Tigres, and they're going to be like that against us. They know that, you know, toe-to-toe, they cannot go with us in the Estadio Azteca. Not for 90 minutes. So what are they going to do? They're going to do their best to preserve themselves. They're not going to run at us. They're they're The only two players that we need to worry about running at us is definitely going to be Giovinco and Josie Altador. They're fullbacks who love getting forward. And guess what? They're not going to have that liberty. They're going to be set back, and they're going to be planted. So how... Now, America and Piojo need to be figure out how do we break a side like Toronto FC, who, by the way, they're pretty good defensively. But we saw against them uh, in Tigres, they look shaky, they look nervous, and that nerve is definitely going to play against them in in uh, come tomorrow as well. So the best way to break them down is by keep going at them, charge them, shoot from outside the 18-yard box, try to do the one-two passes, try to get that movement going. We're going to open up space. I know we can. All we have to do is as soon as that whistle blows is just take the game to them. Run at yeah. them. Make them nervous. You know, catch them off guard. That's the best way to get at them because if we can get an early goal, we dictate the match from then on. Yeah. We dictate the match from Definitely. then on. That's yeah. Toronto's end game. They're going to come out and they're going to park the bus. 
They're going to be defensive. I do not see a Toronto FC charging at us. Not with a two-goal lead. That that'd be stupid of them to do because they're gonna break they're they're gonna break down even easier. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, you see that too towards the end of the game in the first leg too. I mean, shoot, it seems like they're they're playing with like six in the back line. It seems like it seems like a six back line almost to me. It will be a six Whenever, back line. Because, yeah, uh, yeah. But but uh, but I'm saying like in the first leg, you see that going towards the end of the game. You see them start parking the bus a little more and more and more toward the end of the first leg. And then in the first leg, yeah, yeah. And it will be a back six because I, I I like how you bring that because uh, Michael Bradley is going to be that uh that deep I mean really deep defensive mid I mean that's that's his his that's always been his game, you know w- mm-hmm. whether he was playing in the U.S. men's national team whether he's playing in Rome or whether he's playing uh with Toronto FC that's his end game he likes to get in between the center backs and kind of kind of block and create that kind of sixth defender, so it's going to be tough but it's not impossible, and I doubt that America's doesn't have what it takes to go out there and, and really win. So let's talk lineups. Let's predict lineup. You know, we we talked about players that will miss, and that's going to be Jeremy Menes and Cecilia Dominguez. It looks like those two are pretty much out of the picture. That's very unfortunate because I think we said Jeremy Menes would have been great to have as a super sub. And let's face it, Cecilia Dominguez probably is probably going to be missed a lot because of his creativity, especially down that left-hand side. So let's talk lineups. What do you what do you got for me? Give me your lineup, and then I'll give you mine. I, I really, I really, really think aside from Cecilio Dominguez, it's going to be Body Gwen. But I, I really, really want to think that it's going to be the exact same lineup that we had Saturday. You know, which was uh, Marcesin, Aguilar, uh, Valdez, Aguilera, Vargas, um, Renato, Uribe, Guido, Ibar Gwen, and Uribe and Henry. I really think it's going to be that. Okay. Okay. I'm going to switch it completely up to you. And this is my lineup. Marchesin in goal. Right back, Edson Alvarez. Center back, Perrin. Uh, Bruno Valdez. And uh, Emmanuel Aguilera. Left back, Paul Aguilar. Right mid, Renato Ibarra. In the midfield, Mateo Zuribe with Guido Rodriguez. On the left, Ibarguen. And on the top, Henry Martin. And Enrique um, Peralta. Now, a lot of people think, why are you going to put Paul Aguilar on the left-hand side? You know he's a right back. But we need someone there that can cover that space. And the best player right now is probably going to be Paul Aguilar. Let's face it. Carlos Vargas may be looking better, but I do not trust him in this situation. Look how nervous he got when the pressure came on him in the Clásico. You saw him You saw him fold. You, you cannot risk this. You cannot risk this. And I hope Piojo does not risk it. You can't put Willem De Silva there because, again, he's not that natural left back. He doesn't have that natural, you know, kind of sense of a defender that, oh, I need to come back. I need to go and cover this space. Paolo Aguilar maybe doesn't know the position as well, but he has that defensive intuition that I need to cover this space because I know that if I don't, he's going to have an opportunity to kind of go in and, and go back post or kind of run in. And, and, you know, whatever the case may be in a different situation, I would feel more confident in Paolo Aguilar being in that position than if we have a Vargas or a Will in the Silva. So, I mean, I don't know. What do you think about Paolo Aguilar starting left back? I like that, too. I, I think it could work out, too. And, you know, like you said, the, the guy runs up and down the pitch, literally like this guy, like, has Danima for days, it seems like. So, I mean, I, I could see that, too, possibly him at left back. And I, I like Edson at right back, too. And then I think we'll, we'll 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 focus on maybe the player that's going to have his most important game in this matchup. That's going to be Ibarguen. 
Ibar mm-hmm. is gonna uh, is, is gonna fill in for Cecilio Dominguez, which means he needs to have just as good of a game that he did against Toronto in the first leg and really showcase in the second. You saw how easy he took on players. You know how versatile he can be. We know how fast this player is. Imagine him against a very tired defense. He can do some real, real damage. The only thing that I will criticize him about him is his decision-making in the final third mm-hmm. has not filled me with much yeah. confidence. No. And I think even when he came on against Nakaksa, he looked very good. He was moving himself. He was kind of, you know, showcasing that he he's a very, very versatile player that he can, you know, move around in the midfield, and then he can also go out wide. He could play up top a little bit. So he he's very versatile in that sense, and he loves having the ball at his feet. He's kind of a Renato Ibarra in that sense that he loves to have the ball at his feet. He can take players on. He can charge at them. He can beat them through speed. It's that final decision-making. It's that final delivery that isn't there just yet. But it's gonna have to be there on on Tuesday. It's definitely gonna have to yeah. be there once mm-hmm. we play against Toronto. What's your what's your take on the Ibarra one? Yeah, I mean, just basically what you said, man. I mean, obviously too. You know, whenever he uh, he first came on, you know, we seen him, and you know, you see what he can do, and then you know he gets a couple more chances, and you know, you're not really impressed with what he does. And then this first leg comes around, and you see what he can do now again against this Toronto team and now you you wanted to see him replicate that too and take on players you know he's starting to get more and more comfortable with this team and within within the tactics too within how the squad plays too as well that's something that's great to see too as well and this is gonna be a big game for him too as well yeah I hope I hope that he can step up to the plate and really showcase I mean obviously had that great goal against Toronto FC at uh at Canada Hopefully he can, you know, get another goal and this time at home to really secure our pass into the into the final. So it's gonna be a big moment. If this was a FIFA matchup, you would start right away. You'd you'd move all the way right on the D pad, and you would start this game off at ultra attacking. You go right away, and if after thirty minutes you still don't have a goal, you're going all out attack. You have to. You have to throw everything on the line. You need to know, and I hope Piojo knows, and I hope Piojo realizes this. You need a goal right away. You need mm-hmm. a goal as early as the first 15 minutes. Once you get that early goal, then you can play a little bit more calm because then you know that Toronto's a little bit on 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 their heels on on the edge, and they're gonna make a little bit of mistakes if you start pressing them. And if you can get the second goal before halftime, oh, I'm telling you, that's game. You control it from then on. You know, if you go at the half with only one goal of an advantage. Then okay, you can manage that. Go out in the second half, do your best, and score that second goal as fast as you can. Now, if America does not have a goal by halftime, then come the second half, you gotta make at least two substitutions and throw yeah, as much as an offensive, uh, as much mm-hmm. as an offensive uh, force that you can out there. You have to. You have to. This it, it sounds reckless. It sounds stupid for anyone that knows how to how the game works and, and the tactics. But you got to do it. You can't risk this. There's too much on the line. You have to go out there. You have to prove. And you have to say to your players, go out there, perform, get me goals. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be goals tomorrow. I'm pretty sure there's going to be uh, a lot of ups and downs, a lot, uh, a very emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. But I'm confident enough that, you know, once the once the whistle blows, we'll be, uh, we'll be lifting our heads high and pumping a fist in the air and, Hopefully moving on into the final. 
You know, whenever you said the FIFA match, you press it on the D-pad all the way. I, th- I think I just go until it breaks, you know, just pressing on it as much as I can until it breaks. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how much attacking I want to go, just go until it breaks. You have to. You have to. I mean, cause yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah. It, it's it's true. It sounds suicidal, it, but it, it, it's not. You, if, you, if you know how to manage this and if your players know what the end game is, you 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 will definitely see a very good America side out there on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like you said too, like who knows? You know, some of these players were saving their energy to come Tuesday. You know, that's probably why we didn't see a good game against Nagaxa. But I mean, who knows, man? I mean, at the same time, it's nerving some to see the team play like that Saturday. But at the same time, you know, you're coming out positive. You're coming out with a lot a lot of hope for the team too to p- perform well. Uh, at home against the against the Toronto side t- like this too. Yeah, that's true. If I'm Pio Herrera, right before the team leaves the, the locker room, you have to motivate them. You have to talk to them. And if I was Pio Herrera, you find a way to get into their heads and into their hearts because they need to play with both. When they feel the pitch, they need to know what's on the line. They need to know that this is not just another game. This is not just another game that they're going to get a paycheck for. No. They need to go out there and Pio Correa needs to realize that more than, no, if not all, all of the all of the region is going to be having their eyes on you. Mm-hmm. All the fans, everything, they're going to have their hope, their faith, their trust in you. When you field that stadium, when you go out there onto that pitch, you are not playing for each other anymore. You are playing for everything that Club America means and stands for. The history, the passion, the fans, everything. You are playing for yourselves as well. You know, what type of player are you going to be when it comes down to the moment? Are you going to break and fold? Or are you going to step up to the occasion and rise and become one of the best and go down in history as the best? They need to go out there and they need to showcase not to themselves, not to us, but to the world that when it comes down to it, we are the best side and we will continue to be the best side. And I have faith, I have hope, and I have trust that each and every single one of those players that step out on that pitch are going to give everything to the last to the last drop of sweat that they have. And if they do so, and if they play with heart, if they play with courage, and if they play with a confidence that they can go out there and win, they will do so. Because as well as this Toronto FC is, every factor that we've talked about is a plus for us. And we need to utilize this because this makes or breaks our season. It's that simple. Either you rise up to the occasion or you fold and you and you fail. And it's that simple. Damn, Damn man, you make me tear up. You make me motivated. <laughs> And you have Over to, here. as a player, this is no, what no, I'm no, Yeah, 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 I, I get it. Yeah, I get, I get where you come from. But like, man, like, you, I mean, like, I'm, I'm just, I was just feeling your vibe, man. And like, I'm just like, damn, where, I'm like, where's the tissues at over here? <laughs> so, I know, I would urge them to go out there and really showcase themselves. Because like I said, this makes or breaks the season. And I have full confidence that our team is, is more than capable of doing so. So, I don't know. What do you What do you think? I don't even know if I could top that, man. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't even know 
Like, just like give me that question. Like, what are you thinking? Like, you, you expect me to pop it, or I? You, you just like, you just like, <laughs> you see Christian and Jay who who cut who cutting the onions <laughs> like for real. Onions, okay. You know, like, like I I I can't just top that. Like, I just like you just basically took the words out of my mouth and everything too. I'm like, yeah, you practically spoke for both of us. I mean, which is which is fine, which is good, but I I can't just top that. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'll make it a little bit simpler. What's your prediction for for uh, for Tuesday? I'll go with the three nothing win. Three nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm on that. I'm either thinking three nothing or four one. You have to you have to believe. You have to have hope, and I hope all of us and listening uh, feel the same way. Let us know your predictions. Tweet them at us. It's uh, it's it's gonna be a nerve-wracking game. It's gonna be a very frustrating game. But like I said, the worst case scenario is us going down, a goal. Best case scenario is up two goals before the half. But realistically, if we're only winning by one goal, and if or we go into the half with no goals, let's not press the panic button just yet. After the 65th minute, then we can decide whether or not to press that panic button. But let's have faith in our team, boys. Let's go out there. Let's support them. And really, let's let's focus on what's ahead of us, which is a very good Toronto FC side. But afterwards, I think we'll, we'll, we'll after the smoke clears out, we're definitely going to be on top. And then we can worry about whoever's going to play in that with us in the final. First of all, we just got to get there first. This is going to be our biggest challenge. But I think if we go out there, we win. We not only showcase that we're the best, but that we're made to win titles. That this right. team is a winning team. And that's what we fielded. This is what we did for throughout the preseason. We made sure we got a team that could go out there and win championships. And tomorrow's going to be the perfect day to, to prove it. Tomorrow will be the perfect day to showcase it. Anything you want to add on to that? No. No, I'm, <laughs> no man. You, you, you said it all, man. You, you said I mean, I can't top that. <laughs> you stop. Just, just, just leave it there. <laughs> leave it there. Well then, ah, with that said, this has been episode 15, ladies and gentlemen, from the Eagle Eye Podcast. Tomorrow will be the biggest game of the season just yet. And if you guys want to ride that emotional roller coaster with us, make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter. We will have you guys covered throughout the whole day. From sunrise to sundown, we will be guys covering you guys with our thoughts, our emotions. Everything that we think is pertinent to this game, we will definitely give it to you guys. So, thank you for joining us. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for coming out. We talked a lot about Club America, and we had a very deep moment. And hopefully the players listen to this right before they field, and hopefully we get that W. Because, of course, like I've always said, the best team is America. Now we just got to go out there and showcase it. So, that's been episode 15. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Thank you guys again for the support. Remember, we're almost to that 200 point where we will be giving away a raffle. And uh, and I hope you guys can, you know, help us and, and, and grow. Thank you again for being such, such great listeners. We're building a community. We're growing. And I love to see that. Dylan, thank you, as always, for coming on and being the best co-host I could ever ask for. Oh, no problem, man. I mean, I just love what I do. And, you know, that's the beautiful game and talking about the beautiful game. Definitely. 
Definitely. The beautiful game is definitely have to be showcased tomorrow. Remember, guys, America's playing against Toronto FC in the do-or-die moment. It's going to be at the Estadio Azteca. It's going to be 7 p.m. Uh, uh, Pacific time, 9 p.m. Central time, and then, of course, 10 p.m. for all of us, all of our friends down at the East Coast. So, like I said, it's been an episode 15. I hope you guys have enjoyed it, and we'll be seeing you guys very, very soon. Tomorrow will be a very nervy game. We're going to be eating our nails out, and we're going to probably be scratching our eyeballs off us too. But remember, the most important part is that this crest right here, this Americas, goes on and goes into the final. And I know that with our support, they'll definitely go through. So, again, thank you guys so much. We'll be seeing you guys very, very soon. And until next time, take care, everyone. Y arriba la América. Goodbye now. <laughs>